It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Franchise Focus Series here at the Fantasy Points Podcast and FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan, and as they join me for the first two in this wonderful 2021 edition, they're back. Graham Barfield and Tom Brawley, they have some sort of title at FantasyPoints.com. We're not going to get into the nitty-gritty, but we've been presenting uh, 32 teams. We're going to do 32 teams in... A number of weeks, we're going to do a podcast for each team. We're going to do an article for each team. We are working diligently to make sure you learn everything there is to learn about all 32 NFL teams as we head into the preseason and the most important draft season, uh, the, the most important fantasy football season of all time. John Hansen says it every year. He's like, it is the biggest year for fantasy football in history, and I think people are really fired up this year because I definitely believe, Graham and Tom, that last year, you know, maybe you, you, your work league, you didn't play in your work league because people weren't in the office. Maybe you're yeah. with your buddies. You kept pushing it off because, well, the virus, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a season, and it's only a $20 league, so maybe, you know, we'll, we'll wait till 2021. I guarantee you so many people, and maybe you are one of these people, are really excited to get back into things, and I encourage everybody to go to FantasyPoints.com and subscribe to the best value in fantasy football just this morning uh got an email from uh our developer one of our developers of our fantasy points generator implementing all kinds of new tools um just to make sure your two quarterback leagues your tight end premium leagues like the ffpc all that generator is tuned and fine-tuned for all of those leagues i was fooling around with it literally right before the podcast today guys we're going to be talking baltimore ravens so we're going to pick out one or two things to talk about with this team. Uh, we have, we're going to have like a 5,000 word article three for every single team in the NFL. Um, we obviously can't talk everything here on this 15, 20 minute podcast, but certainly the Baltimore Ravens are a very intriguing team. Graham and Tom, uh, I know you guys want to talk about this. Tom, we'll start with you. The Baltimore Ravens uh, probably were a little bit of a disappointment for like the first three months of last year, and then they kind of reverted to back to what works. And I think that's the big question: What was this offense going to look like here in twenty twenty one? Yeah, the the still very high expectations for the team. They're you know the the win total sitting at ten and a half, um, sitting at minus one fifty four. AFC North, uh, you know, of course the Steelers uh, kind of not came out of nowhere, but uh, you know they. You know, kind of won the division with their hot start, but they're plus 125 favorites to win that. Uh, playoffs, uh, minus 303 to make the playoffs again. And the AFC Championship, they're the, the second, they're right there, second or third favorite with, with the Bills. Uh, another team we'll be doing this week uh, at plus 650. And to uh, win the Super Bowl, they're sitting at plus 1400. So uh, their odds have actually gone down a little bit since uh, the, the start of the offseason. Uh, the win total was at uh, sitting at minus uh, was at eleven minus one twenty five in uh, March. Now down to ten and a half. It's kind of it's kind of similar with the fifty cent uh, you know change for a, about a half mm-hmm. a win and uh, plus twelve hundred in early February to plus fourteen hundred. I, I and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. you know, having a really strong off season, yeah. uh, more competition in the AFC North. Uh, so. I don't think it's really a slight against what the Ravens did this offseason, but 
Uh, it's more of uh, what's what's going on in that division. Yeah. Right now. They also traded Orlando Brown, by the way, which, you know, like, I mean, you said that isn't really a half a win move because the, the juice is so heavy to the over on the 10 and a half. But um, they did trade Orlando Brown and, you know, they improved an AFC rival, theoretically an AFC rival in Kansas City in doing so. So maybe that's one of the reasons for the Super Bowl odds dipping. Graham, Baltimore's offense last year, it was a tale of, I don't want to say two halves, it was more like a tale of two-thirds and then one-third. Um, Lamar Jackson was, quite frankly, last year, one of the single worst values in fantasy football for like three months of the season. But if you manage to withstand that, then he was a league winner down the stretch for you. When the when Greg Roman and that offense went back to kind of what worked last year, they had said they wanted to open it up, open up the passing game. Graham, it just frankly did not work last year. And there was a lot of reasons to blame for that. Most notably, the pandemic and Marquise Brown having a case of the dropsies. Yeah, this is something Kaplan has been talking to us about, you know, for like a year now that the Ravens wanted to kind of open everything up last year. But because of the pandemic and because of everything and that kind of weird offseason, they couldn't do it. Um, I also think, it, you know, something else that I looked into for, you know, last year's team is like their strength of schedule in the first half of last year was pretty easy. They opened up with with three pretty easy oh. defenses. They played the Texans in week two, and then it kind of tightened back up in the middle of the year. And then over their final like seven or eight games, it was it was back to super easy. So I think I think that has something to do with it. You know, like they played Washington in the middle of the year. They played the Steelers twice. They played the Colts twice or Colts once in the middle of the year. Then it it got easier in the back half. So I think that's a part of the reason Lamar and, and Hollywood and Andrews kind of picked it up a little bit more. But man, I you know I think we talked about this um, during our powwow series back in, in May. Like if they even tick up their pass rate by like one to two percent, that's that's gonna elevate the I think the floor and the ceiling of this offense in general. Uh, Lamar getting a couple more attempts, getting a couple more attempts to Hollywood and Andrews and Bateman and Watkins and all these guys is gonna be huge, and, and Lamar will scramble some more. So. I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited to kind of buy the dip on this Ravens offense. And I, I've been drafting a ton of Lamar in like the yeah. you know fifth, sixth round of best ball drafts. I was totally out on Lamar Jackson last year as a second, Same. early third round pick. That worked out. I, I do not regret that at all. But I mean, he's kind of slipped. Like again, his positional ADP right now, I'm looking at, he's a late fourth, early fifth round pick. I've seen him slip even close to the sixth at times. That fifth round is really where I've started looking at quarterbacks this year not to say I'm going to take one there but if Lamar Kyler Josh Allen are in that range I'm certainly considering them I'm drafting a ton of Lamar this year um I like the way he finished the year but here's the thing though like oh they're gonna expand the passing game let's be frank here they have to be smart Lamar Jackson is never going to be Aaron Rodgers he's he's just not going to be that player as as a pocket passer he doesn't have the arm talent um, he is just much better as a runner. He's an elite running quarterback. It's going to be part of this offense. So my, uh, let, let's continue with the run game, Tom Brawley. A guy who I actually didn't draft until really until last night. I did an, uh, an, an underdog draft, and I took J.K. Dobbins in the third round. I think that's the right spot for him. I've just mostly been kind of drafting wide receivers in that range. I think it's fair, though. We have him projected RB16. His positional ADP is RB17. Obviously, no Mark Ingram this year. He finished great down the stretch, Tom. What's your read on J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, he's. Uh, I've had a tough time. I'm just worried about you know the number of catches he's going to get in this offense. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. You know, they might 
you know, pass a little bit more, like Graham said, but uh, Lamar Jackson's always going to tend to run, uh, you know, if he has to. And, uh, and, and Gus Edwards, they gave him a, a pretty hefty contract over the offseason. Uh, two years, uh, I think it was $10 million. You know, yeah, they love him, man. Agent. Yeah, they didn't really yeah. have to do it. So I, I thought that was a pretty big sign that Gus Edwards is going to be a pretty big factor in this uh, this backfield. So he's kind of a, been a guy I've, I've slipped down a little bit in my rankings. Uh, like a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was probably below him for me uh, at the beginning of the offseason, but now I've moved him above J.K. Dobbins. And, uh, but, you know... On, on the betting side, you know, there, there's he has an interesting prop. He's plus 3,100 to lead the league in uh, rushing yards. Uh, I think that might be a, an interesting little bet. Uh, you know, he probably needs Edwards to get banged up a bit and miss a little little bit of time. But uh, this is one of the best rushing attacks in the league. And uh, if, if Dobbins is able to get a, a decent chunk of the carries, we, we know Ingram is out of the mix here. Uh, it really has been no indication that, uh, a third back might be in the mix here. Justice Hill was uh, a guy that was, yeah. you know, pretty high, highly thought of uh, a couple of years ago, but hasn't really panned out. So it, it looks like it's going to be a two-man backfield. So uh, at plus 3,100, if, uh, you know, Gus Edwards gets banged up a little bit and there's a little bit of a path to, uh, you know, 15 to 20 uh, plus carries a game for J.K. Dobbins, maybe that isn't too uh, shabby of a bet there at, at longer odds there in this offense. The biggest um, question I have for Dobbins is his touchdown upside. Like how many carries is Edwards going to get inside the five? Cause last year, Lamar only had three carries inside the five last year. They just did not use him at all really near the goal line. It's not like Josh Allen or, or Cam Newton or anything like that. Lamar has just not been a guy that gets like a high volume of carry. So if it's truly like a 50, 50 split inside the five, when the, you know, the Ravens getting close, I think that's, I think that's a good thing for Dobbins because he's only going to be sharing with with Edwards in the goal line situation. Whereas, you know, with the Bills, it's going to be typically three backs or something, you know, technically three backs if you include Allen as a back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's talk. Go ahead. Or, or, Tom, go ahead. No, I was just I, I, and I remember this, uh, you know, early on in our rankings process, John, uh, you know, had Dobbins's touchdowns pretty high and Edwards is, you know, down at like three, three or four there. And, and that's something that we've adjusted as we've gone along here this offseason. I, you know, I think we have, uh, you know, Edwards sitting at close to five touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns now, and uh, we've lowered Dobbins' a little bit. So, uh, yeah, Dobbins is kind of losing on both ends. But, uh, you know, if, if it does go more his way, maybe he really breaks through. But uh, that's why he's kind of a, a really tough pick right now uh, in that, like, early to mid-third round. Uh, he needs some things to go break his way, but... If they do, he does have some upside, but uh, big question marks right there. Uh, let's talk about the passing game and the receivers because uh, the, the whole passing game has kind of gone down in value. Um, not not to talk about everybody individually, but just digging into the Hollywood Brown stats, I understand how frustrating he was. It feels like the market is kind of overcorrected on him because of his drops and the fact that they drafted Bateman. But neither Bateman nor Sammy Watkins is, uh, is, is expensive. And that's kind of what makes Lamar Jackson one of my favorite best ball picks, Graham, because mm-hmm. it is very easy to stack him with at least one of his receivers, if not multiple receivers here because Brown, Bateman, Watkins, they are also affordable. And even Andrews at tight end six with a sixth, seventh round ADP, man, I mean, that is, this is not something where it's like Josh Allen. 
if you are really into into stacking, and we'll talk about this on the Buffalo podcast, you, you're kind of behind the eight ball because Stefan Diggs goes ahead of Josh Allen. So if, if Stefan Diggs goes ahead of Allen, then you're waiting until the dregs where you're drafting Gabe Davis and, and, and Sanders and, you know, Beasley. And you're like, all right, none of these guys are very exciting, but I want some level of a stack. Lamar's pretty damn easy to stack, man. Yeah, he is. And, you know, this offense has been just so, so efficient. I mean, Lamar over the last two years has a touchdown rate. You know, that's uh, that's touchdowns divided by pass attempts of of 8%. That's, you know, like best out of all quarterbacks, better than Mahomes, better than Tannehill, who's super efficient. And, um, you know, the, the thing is, is like none of these guys are going to have huge like yardage ceilings, um, especially since, you know, they brought in Bateman Watkins. I think Tylen Wallace is going to play a little bit, too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just so much touchdown upside with this offense because it has been so efficient. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, if they increase pass rate, their pass rate by just like a little, like just a little bit. That's all we need. Uh, all these guys have have really nice ceilings on a weekly level. And, you know, with the best ball and you just don't have you don't have to predict when it's going to happen. You know, all of them are going to have their, their spiked weeks. And uh, yeah, getting Hollywood in like the ninth round this year, getting Watkins late. Wallace late, even Bateman in the, you know, kind of early, early late rounds in like the 12th round. I've, I've been uh, finding myself doing that quite a bit too, Joe. Yeah. Lamar is, yeah. Lamar is easily the, the, of the top five there. He's the guy that you can get with his top receiver. Yeah. I, I've done plenty of drafts where, you know, I'm picking that late fifth round, uh, early sixth round. And I'm, I'm able to get like a Lamar, Mark Andrews right around, you know, Rain. 60 picks in. Uh, you, you think about it, the other guys, you know, you know, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins is going multiple rounds before him. Patrick Mahomes, you know, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are going multiple rounds before him. Stephon Diggs, same deal. And, uh, you know, like Dak Prescott, uh, Maury Cooper is going a couple rounds before him. So uh, it, it's I, I have found it to be the easiest of the big five there uh, to stack up with Mark Andrews and uh, Lamar Jackson. So mm-hmm. uh, if you, and later in the draft, like you said, uh, you know, there were reports coming out of training camp that, you know, Sammy Watkins was looking really great with Lamar Jackson. And, he's free. Uh, yeah. He's absolutely see, free. Everybody loves Sammy too, he's, Watkins, but he's an 18th round pick. I mean, like, like, like at some point, if he's looking good, uh, he's yeah. going to start the year opposite Marquise Brown. Will it last? I don't know, but I would think uh, I would think Watkins, Bateman, and Brown are are all going to play a lot early yeah, in the season. That'll be the rotation. I think we'll see Watkins in the slot too. And we love we know Lamar loves throwing over the middle of the field. Yeah, do you think there's one receiver that you know sees 90 percent of the snaps, or do you you know they're going to play a lot of twelve personnel? They're going to have a lot of sets with two receivers on the field. I, I think they're going to kind of rotate uh, all yep. three of them. I, I you know Marquise Brown. Uh, that, that's why I have been kind of a little bit lower on Marquise Brown this this offseason, just because I think they're going to use uh, almost like a three-man rotation, uh, you know, whenever they're playing with two receivers on the field. Uh, I, I don't really know if there's going to be one receiver yeah. that's, you know, seen 85-plus uh, percent of the snaps. I definitely don't think so. And, like, here's the thing about Mark Andrews, what's funny. We're like, oh, he's the number one receiver here. This – I. You know what this stat means in the NFL, but it just goes to show you how much the Ravens play 12 personnel. Mark Andrews has started only nine of 45 career games. He's been on the field for the first snap only nine times. Their starting tight end is actually Nick Boyle. Yeah, um, and so they play a lot of 12 uh, 12 personnel. So I agree with you, Tom. Like, I don't think any of those are – I. 
I might be surprised if any of those receivers consistently top 80% of the snaps, quite frankly. Yeah, they're going to rotate all these guys. Mark Andrews, I think, played over like 75% of the snaps like once or twice last year. Um, yeah, they're going to do the same thing. And Andrews plays the slot a ton. And like, I don't know, I just think getting getting Bateman is so huge for this offense because he can play all three spots. You know, he can play in the boundaries, he can play in the slot, you can move him around. Uh, getting that extra movable chess piece is is going to be awesome for this attack. I mean, just look, you know, this is one thing that we talk about all the time is like, you know, I don't really give too much credence to like beat reports. Like, okay, great. Everybody looks good in camp and shorts, follow the moves. And the Ravens are telling us with their moves that they are going to try to throw a little bit more by adding all these, you know, all these receivers that can play different spots. Yeah. Adam Kaplan's been all over that all, you know, since last summer as well. And, um, you know, he's been telling us and, and it was just the pandemic and, uh, you know, everything, you know, of course they had the you know, largest breakout in, in American sports there with their COVID-19 situation. So there, there was a lot of factors that worked against them last year. They're, they're going to try like hell to, to do it again this season. And uh, I think they know they have the personnel to actually do it this year as well. Yep. You know, they, they were trying out Des Bryant at, at, at points last year. They, mm-hmm. they were, they weren't very, uh, you know, satisfied with the, uh, you know, the receivers behind Marquise Brown. So, I think they're pretty confident in what they have, uh, you know, with Sammy Watkins and Tylen Wallace and uh, Rashad Bateman added this offseason. They're they're going to be more confident to to get more three wide receiver sets on the field. That'll wrap it up here for the 2021 Franchise Focus Podcast on the Baltimore Ravens. Again, we have so much more available at the website for standard uh, subscribers uh, and premium subscribers. But you can get these articles if you're a standard subscriber at FantasyPoints.com. Make sure you go and sign up. We have everything. We've got pace. We've got betting basics. We've got Scott Barrett's fantasy strength of schedule in there. Wes Huber's been doing a sickeningly good job breaking down the scheme. You know, I said, Wes, when you do this, just write a paragraph or so. He's writing like six paragraphs for both offense and defensive schemes. And John Hansen's given his personalized thoughts on how he's drafting this team. These franchise focus articles are monsters and they will get you ready for your 2021 fantasy football season. Follow Tom Brawley on Twitter at Tom Brawley. Follow Graham Barfield on Twitter at Graham Barfield. Follow me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. And make sure you follow the site on Twitter at Fantasy PTS. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a breakdown of the Buffalo Bills. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.